Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Anybody ready for the word? Good. Let's just jump in. Let's just jump in. Meet me in Daniel chapter 6. Turn on your Bible and go to Daniel the 6th chapter. Yes, I know what generation I speak to for crying out loud. Charge your Bible, all right? It don't matter if you open it or you turn it on, okay? My Bible says it's the Word of God that's living and active, not what it shows up on, all right? So go to meet me in Daniel chapter 6, and then we're going to have some dessert in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. So we're going to begin eating in Daniel 6. And then 2 Corinthians 10, we're going to nibble on something delicious uh, for us tonight. I'm just, I was reading in my own personal study this morning, and I was reading the story of David versus Goliath. And he, before he goes, and we know the, the true, we know the full story. Before he goes, people are like, you're really going to go fight this giant? And David turns around to his older brother and a whole army, and he says, is there not a cause? In other words, isn't there something worth fighting for? How is it you forgot what people have sacrificed, what people have built, what people have bled, what people have cried for? Is there not a cause? And I feel like this theme of awakening is a great refreshing. There is a cause. There is a reason. Orlando is on God's crosshairs. I'm telling you tonight, God is shaking the region and he's up to something wild and crazy. Anybody got faith for this tonight? And so I, I want to go into that. I want to speak into what God's doing. Look in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. Daniel has now been carried off to Babylon. They have carried the best, the baddest, the strongest, the smartest over to Babylon. And their plan is to indoctrinate and brainwash Daniel and the, the strongest of the Israelites uh, uh, into Babylonian culture. They want to uh, give them headlines to read from. They want to give them social media feeds to dream from. They want to give them everything they can to somehow induce them into a spiritual, wicked a coma. And so Daniel and his friends uh, come into this system and they are many times tempted with paganism. And, but Daniel is a man of character and after God's heart, and several times he overcomes. And this is interesting because it says here that Daniel operated in gifts. I, I appreciate gifted people, but I want gifted people with some character. I appreciate a talent, but I want talent with some integrity. And so Daniel has this. And so we're going to read here. Look at this. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 1. If you guys don't mind turning up the monitors. I I've been preaching a lot. And I would need your help. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Verse 1, it says, It pleased Darius the king, to set over the kingdom 120 rulers to whom would be over the whole kingdom. And over these 120, he would put three of whom Daniel would be one of these three so that they may give the king a report and suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself. Say that with me, church. Distinguished himself. One more time. Above the other governors and rulers because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Daniel distinguished himself. How do you do this? You'll find in Daniel 1.20 it says in all matters of wisdom and justice Daniel and his friends were found to be 10 times greater than all the other advisors, generals, magistrates and rulers. Listen, you have to understand what this picture is. That would be like someone 
going to Harvard and another person going to Yale and all these Ivy League schools that graduating with multiple doctorates, multiple specialty degrees, multiple job offers. They do the right career path. They marry the right one. They have the right financial backing. They're from the right family. They climb the social, political, and corporate America ladder and they are the best of the best. And then someone who has a prayer life and a covenant with God walks in and they don't have any of that. They don't have the degrees. They don't have the pedigree. They don't have the background. They don't have the connections. They don't have the geopolitical perspective. They don't have any of that. All they know how to do is trust God and pray and they are found 10 times greater than the world could ever produce. That was in the Old Testament. How much more with the Holy Ghost running through the streets of Orlando and in the lives of people in these seats? Come on, anybody want more than 10 times? Watch this in verse four. It says, so the governors and rulers sort of recognized that Daniel had all this favor and they sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they, couldn't find, they could not find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. In other words, the only thing Daniel was guilty of is that he loved God too much. I pray that if we ever end up in court and there is a case pending against us, that the only charge would be we loved God with everything we had, with everything that we owned, with everything that we were. God was the one that we were in love with. Come on, can I get a good amen in the church? It says, so these governors petitioned the king and said, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, the rulers, the counselors, advisors, they've consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Man, there is so much here. We're going to unpack this, but let's pray first. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for every man and every woman in this building. And I speak to the atmosphere over every life, over every past, and over every future. And I say that you are full of faith. You are full of hope. You are full of peace. You are full of joy. I'm telling you, you're full of power. And I come against every limit, every restriction, every barrier, every lie, every demonic harassment I say is broken right now in Jesus' name. And I call every man and every woman into their season. I call them into their destiny. I call them into their rhythm. I call them into strength. I call them into purpose. I tell you, devil, we serve notice to you tonight. That we have started a conversation with heaven that you cannot have Orlando. You don't get to have Florida. You cannot touch America. And we cancel your operations. And we shut them down in the marriages, in the businesses, in the families, in the schools, in the politics. We tear down the strongholds of the enemy. The lies, the establishment. Lord, we tear down every established pattern of poverty or fear of rejection or the fear of failure and I call you in to the kingdom of God devil we serve notice to you tonight you tried your best you tried your best but you have been taken out 
Because you cannot kill what has already been crucified. You cannot burn what is already on fire. You cannot drown what has already been baptized. God, unleash your spirit in here tonight. Do something fresh. We're not okay with average anymore. We're not okay with mediocre anymore. We want what we've never seen, what we've never heard, where we've never gone to do what we've never done. Historic moments tonight. No more praying words we don't mean. No more singing words we don't live. We're done being in love with worship instead of Jesus, God. We're done doing church instead of presence, God. We need fresh marching orders tonight. Where there's confusion, I declare clarity. Lord, where there's problems, I declare promises now. God, where there's brokenness, I declare breakthrough in the lives of your men and women and all over this city. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shout it. Man, I feel like praying tonight. I feel this tonight. I have a title for you. I want to speak to you from this subject. It is time that you distinguish yourself. This is not about you flexing or clout chasing or you somehow positioning and posturing to get ahead or to be noticed. No, I'm talking about there is only one way that you would stand out where it matters, and that's in the eyes of God, that you would distinguish yourself. That you, I'm here to tell you that your prayers for revival have not been off, they've just been too small. I'm here to tell you that you're not far away from the finish line. What matters is not how you started, but it's how you finish. And the world is impressed by people that start, but they are transformed by people who finish. And we need some people who know how to let God's hand be on their life and separate them and cut them and consecrate them and build them and not call them in to part-time holiness or part-time devotion or part-time following, but overtime consecration. Are you hearing me tonight? We need to distinguish ourselves. It's time. You need to distinguish yourself. I remember one time my wife and I, we were missionaries in Sri Lanka. And, um, you know, it was in the middle of a chaotic time. I can tell you, I remember mortar shells blowing up down the road from my house. I remember suicide bombers bombing the hotels we would stay in. They would clock off vests. I remember having to check the road for IEDs. I mean, it was intense. But in the middle of all of that chaos, we were seeing the kingdom of God advance. We were seeing daily salvation, signs, wonders, healings, miracles, freedom. I'm telling devils are being casted out. We're winning souls, making disciples, raising leaders, and releasing revivalists. And that was a slow Tuesday. I'm telling you, this is what I see for America right now. And I'll never forget, you know, we had to take very, we had to be very cautious on how we went home. We had to take multiple places, multiple uh, different ways home, sometimes walking, sometimes driving, sometimes spending the night somewhere else. I mean, it was intense. But then my wife comes to me with the mother of all shocks and says to me, I feel like God spoke to me. I said, baby, what did he say? She said, he told me that we are supposed to start having kids. I'm like, babe, babe, listen, babe. They trying to kill us, and, and you trying to make more of us. Like, there's some math there to just, you know, right? 
And she said, no, God spoke to me. And, she, and I said, what any husband, pastor, or Christian does when they don't want to acknowledge it and they don't want to move it forward, they just say, well, I'll pray about it. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. Have you ever had anybody do that to you? Come on, you share your heart and they're like, let's pray about that. What they're really saying is, that's stupid. <laughs> that's the spirit of stupid. We, we cancel it, right? So, like, I, I remember my wife's like, you know, all right, you pray about it. Well, of course, you know what I, I never prayed about it, Pastor Johnny. I never prayed about it, not one time. I mean, every day, I'm not lying, for two weeks, God would come in every morning at 5.30, I would wake up, I would go into this other room, and I would pray, and God immediately would say, let's talk about your kids. And I would say, no, Lord, let's talk about revival. <laughs> like, I was changing the subject. He's, next morning, hey, let's talk about your kids. I'm like, Lord, can we talk about church leadership? You said to ask for laborers to be sent out into the heart. I mean, I'm like, I'm Jesus juking Jesus. I don't even know how I'm doing that. <laughs> right, like, I'm changing the conversation. 14th day, I walk into this room, and I'll never forget, I, I take one foot in, and God screams this in my spirit. He says, I need your son on the earth now. Now, I, I remember I responded, I said, you ain't got to yell at me like that. You could have just said something. You, you hurt my feet. I'm gonna have to get sozo, so care. You know, like, he said, I need your son on the earth now. So I believe in quick obedience. <laughs> this ain't a marriage seminar, but I'm just trying to help some people out. I'm gonna be faithful to God, I'll tell you that. I will not miss the mark in some certain areas. I'll tell you that right now. Sure enough, three months later, we were found out that we were pregnant with my oldest son. I'll never forget those words. I need your son on the earth now. I believe when you were born, I believe all of heaven was screaming, she is on the earth now. He is on the earth now. I believe faith assembly when it was planted, Pastor Carl, they're on the earth now. This vision is on the earth now. This strip mainstream's on the earth now. Come on, are you talking to me tonight? We are on the earth now. It's not the next generation's job. You're not next you're now. We need you on the earth now. We need you posturing now. We need you prophesying now. Where are the people who understand the times and the seasons are not for tomorrow. They are now. We don't need you later when you feel about it. Not later when it's convenient. Not later when you have the money. Not later when the calendar's alright. We need you now. It's time that we distinguish ourselves. The first thing you're going to understand we need to call ourselves to. If we're gonna sing ourselves number one is we are called to be 10 times greater. At minimum, 10 times greater. Not 10, not almost, at minimum, 10 times greater. I remember one time, I was in Sri Lanka, and my wife had said, hey, let's, it was her, it was date day, and so we got a day off, and so it was her turn to choose where we went. And she said, hey, I wanna see some elephants. I'm like, babe, I just won't be with you. Let's go see some elephants. So I, she's like, I wanna go to this specific elephant orphanage. I'm like, dope, let's go to this elephant orphanage, right? And I know why she wants to go because this elephant orphanage has a three-legged elephant, all right? This elephant in the middle of this civil war stepped on a landmine and it blew off this elephant's leg. Rescuers got to it in time to save its life, but not its leg. And so they have, this elephant has nursed itself back to a great deal of strength. And so documentaries, articles, people have come all over just to study the life of this elephant. And so everybody comes to see this three-legged elephant. 
Now, I don't know how many of you have been out of the country. I know this is a great missions church and I would imagine that a lot of you have, but you understand that when you're out of the country, you, you understand there's two types of rates for everything you pray for, right? There is the local rate, which is like 50 cents. There's the foreigner rate, which is like $2,000, right? They ain't no profit margins, all right? So, like, I, I, I remember I walk up, I pay for the tickets, and they're like, it, it feels like, hey, I gotta spend. I'm watching local people come, and they don't realize that I'm local. I actually have an address, I have an ID, I have all this. And they're like, no, you're a foreigner, you have to pay the foreigner rate. So I paid like four or $5,000, but it doesn't matter, because my wife wants to see a three-legged elephant. Baby, we gonna see a three-legged elephant, right? So, I remember, because I'm paying $10,000 apparently to see some elephants today, I'm gonna get some pictures. And this was in the day when we had disposable cameras. Come on, talk to me for anybody remember. Before we had cameras on our phones, you had the disposable camera. I'm talking about the cameras where you pop the picture and then you had to reload the next shot. Pop, zoo, zoo, zoo. Pop, zoo, zoo, zoo. Anybody remember the flash button that was the world's smallest button that you had to press for 30 minutes just to get the light to come on? And pop, zoo, zoo. pop, zoo, zoo. and you don't even know if you got a good picture. You ever got them developed and you're looking at it, you're like, oh my gosh, what? Those are, are those demons or people? What is that? You ever had something like that? And so I, I'm thinking, you know, I'm gonna get as many pictures as I can. So I paid $20,000 to see some elephants today, so I'm gonna get some pictures. So I see there's a whole crowd in front of me. So I'm like, nah, 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 we, we gonna get up there. So I remember, I, I start coming forward, when you spend $50,000 to see elephants, I'm not mad about it, but you know, when you spend $100,000 to see some elephants, you gonna get to the front too. And so sure enough, here come all the elephants, and I start snapping pictures. Pop, zoo, zoo, pop, zoo, zoo, pop, zoo, zoo. I'm telling you, I took at least $250,000 worth of pictures that day for this elephant, and of course, the last elephant is not even there yet and this guy behind me is like hey anyone want to see a magic trick hey does anyone want to see a magic trick I'm like not today homie I spent a half a million dollars to see some elephants for a day, day keeping the marriage happy right so I'm sitting there pop and so everybody starts leaving and sure enough here comes the three-legged elephant it starts walking like this right here I promise I'm not twerking this is really how it was walking just like this for all you carnal people shut up right so I'm watching this elephant come, and I'm telling, I'm snapping pictures. I snapped $753,000 worth of pictures that day. I was the last one, and this guy's like, hey, anyone want to see a magic trick? Well, you could tell. I'm a kid at heart. So I'm like, hey, hey, <laughs> hey. I mean, I want to see a magic trick, <laughs> I mean, right? So I go over, and this guy says, all right, everybody make a circle. Give me some room. And he tells this little kid, he said, pick a finger on my hand, any finger. And this kid goes, mm, that one. And this guy goes, watch this. Uh, uh, and boom, blisters pop out all over that finger. I'm thinking, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. They don't, I'm from the hood. They don't do that where I'm from. <laughs> don't let these pants fool you. I'm, I'm from where we stab people first and ask questions later. That's where I'm from, all right? So he says, now watch this. Uh, uh, and pow, blisters pop out all over his hand. I'm like, uh-uh, there's something wrong. You need to put some Windex on that. There's something wrong with that. Then he said, he took out a doll and told a woman, he said, do whatever you want to this doll and my body will respond the same. So she takes the doll, twists the arm multiple times. I watched this man's arm twist three or four times without breaking. She then took the doll and bent it backwards. And I watched the back of his head touch the back of his heels with no injury. Then he took out a long needle, one of those big rug sewing needles, long needle and started swallowing it. And he started doing this. And he didn't angle it or not, just swallow it straight. Then lift up his shirt and this needle started coming out of his stomach. 
you know, I'm a skeptic. I wanted to go over there and just, you know, and see if it came out like that. I'm going to put it to the test, right? But then I, I, the whole time I can feel this dark, heavy, nasty presence. And then thoughts start hitting my head. Just like Monday night when God was speaking through the message and you were hearing something and then you got reminded of your problems or reminded of your past or reminded of how it didn't happen the night before. I'm telling you, they just started flooding my thoughts, flooding my mind. Thoughts like, can you do that? Can the God you serve help you do that? I, I, I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I was a young missionary. I had, I had no idea, Pastor Johnny. So I, I like checked in with heaven. I was like, hey, God, what's up? Um, can we do that? Like, is that legal? Is that a foul? Like, what is that? Like, can, can we do that? And then I told the Lord, I said, Lord, because that's powerful. You know what he did? I said, Lord, that's powerful. You know what he did? I said, Lord, that's powerful. He laughed at me. You ever had God laugh at you? I'm not lying. There's a lot of you that you're hilarious to him. Hey, come on. Have you, come on, let's be honest. How many of you feel like your life could be one big meme? It's just one right after another. And you, you glad somebody around, I'm, I'm glad nobody was here to see that. Come on, let's be honest. We've all been there, right? I'm like, I, I remember I said, Lord, I said, I said, that's powerful. And God went, <laughs> I said, stop playing, sir. I'm being serious. He said, no, no, I, I'm telling God checks in on my life just for a laugh. My life is one big weird. I'm sure he goes, hey, what you doing, what you doing, God? I'm checking on, oh my gosh, look at this. God, that's powerful. <laughs> hey, Michael, Gabriel, come over here. Say it again, Chris. Say it again. That's powerful. <laughs> I, know, I, I know he's my favorite. That's how I feel like my life is all the time. So I, I said, Lord, that's powerful. And God responded. He said, son, that's not powerful. I said, did you see the arm thing? He said, son, that's not powerful. I said, so apparently you didn't see the needle thing. Did you see the needle thing? And he said, son, that's not powerful. And then he said, all that man can do is impress the crowd, but he cannot transform the crowd. I have sent my people to come. I believe the days are done where we're just being sizzle and we're just being sizzle and we're just being substance. And what we need is to have some strength again in the life of a believer. I'm not here to impress crowds. I'm here to change cities. I'm here to lay nations at the feet of Jesus. I'm here to take on campuses where... Are the distinguished ones at? It says you should, Daniel's found to be 10 times greater. I, I mean, just, are we, are we truly 10 times greater? Are we 10 times more greater than the world? Are we 10 times more loving? It is real quiet up in the Spirit-filled church right here. Some of you are like, dang, it was raining. <laughs> Receive it. Right? Like, I mean, are we 10 times more forgiving? Are we 10 times more wise? Are we 10 times more diligent? Are we 10 times more committed? Are we 10 times more generous? Am I touching any nerves yet? Are we 10 times greater? That's what we're called. You're called to be 10 times greater. If you're going to distinguish yourself, you should at least be 10 times greater. Here's the second thing. If we're gonna distinguish ourselves, number two. Number two is guard your source. Guard your source. Guard your source. Now, it's interesting because Daniel is totally hedged to a place where he will not win. 
And so now the, 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 they have figured out the only way that we can get Daniel out of favor and out of his rhythm is to get him to sin against his God. And so several attempts are made to damage the relationship Daniel has with his God. Now the plan is to cut off his communication and disconnect him from his source. This right here is an ancient tactic right before revival breaks out. I'm telling you, every time when there's an awakening, a shaking, a stirring in the earth, when there is a release, an outpouring, whatever you wanna call it, when God invades a city or a people, I can tell you, Every time you go look in church history, you will find this strategy coming from the kingdom of darkness. And the only reason I'm exposing it is because I want what God has loosed on your life to not stop tonight. I want it to be here a month from now, six months from now, a year from now. I want your marriage different, your babies walking with God. I want your business thriving. I want souls out of Orlando and a great harvest of them. This is an ancient, in fact, Paul wrote about this tactic. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three, he says, for, we, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Watch this, casting down imaginations. Everybody say imaginations. imaginations. Say it again, say imaginations. imaginations. Casting down and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know this word imaginations? This is the Greek word diatribo. And this is where we get our English word diatribe. Now you will not normally find this word in modern vernacular and colloquialism. It's not a word used every day. But you will find this word mostly used in a courtroom because attorneys are trained to diatribe the arguing case. A diatribe literally means this, a forceful and bitter verbal attack against someone or something. Let me put you like this. He says, the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every forceful and bitter verbal attack that tries to acknowledge itself and raise itself against the knowledge of God. Are you seeing this? This is why I see people get healed in the altar, and then a week later, they're wondering what happened. We don't talk about this enough. We get pe people get prayed for because they're going through depression and then they get a surge of God's joy and love, but they don't know what to do with it once they get out those doors because guess what happens? A forceful and bitter verbal attack comes and lies to them, comes and seduces them, comes and blind. Listen, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says the God of this age has blinded the minds of the people, but Jesus' messianic job description is that he would restore sight to the blind. Come on, are there any people who have tasted of the goodness of God? This diatribe plays out in scripture all the time. Again, one of the famous ones is David and Goliath. David walks up and notices the armies in a new position, a new battle position, hiding. They don't wanna step up, they don't wanna go to the front lines, nobody, because for 40 days, there's been a giant who says, send your best warrior, if he kills me, the Philistines will serve Israel. But if I kill him, then Israel has to be servant to the Philistines. 
He says, but your God is not a living God. He's a dead God. David shows up the same time this giant is saying this trash. And David loses his mind. He says, your God's not a living God. He's a dead God. Come and bring your best fighter. And David's like, what'd you say? Say it again. Say it again. Oh, get off. Get off. You hear what he said about God? You hear People are like, David, come here. What you doing? Come here. Come here, David. Come here. And they're like, listen, you're new. But that's a giant over there. He said, did you hear what he said about God? Yeah, he's been doing that for 40 years. Well, we, we just going to let him do that for 40 days? They said, David, nobody's fighting this giant. I mean, Eric, the king's trying to get us to fight this giant. He said, whoever kills this giant doesn't have to pay taxes and gets to marry one of his daughters. And David's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Say that again. <laughs> said, the fine print, the fine print. What, what is, no, read it. He asked them, repeat it twice. And they said, David, if you kill that giant over there, you get some money and a honey in killing that giant right over there. <laughs> Why was David respond? We know the end. He doesn't just throw a stone. Right, because Goliath knocked down is one thing. Goliath dead, totally different thing, right? So watch this. Why does David not fall under the diatribe? Because he wasn't under the spell. He wasn't under the vocal ear. He wasn't reading news streams. He wasn't in social media uh, lines. He wasn't reading all of the wrong garbage. He was he's still here, but he was anchored up there. And what we need is people who are absolutely consumed with the things of God. They're aware of what's happening on the earth, but they're not moved by it. They're not intimidated by it. They're not rescheduling. They're not canceling. They're not giving up. They're not disclaiming themselves out of things or giving themselves carnal excuses no they recognize a diatribe when they see it I've watched too many diatribes come on people's lives I'm telling you I made a whole list I was just thinking about this I've watched amazing diatribes whether you're a husband or wife business owner pastor leader it doesn't I've watched them drive the greatest into insecurity it's amazing how you can be so confident and then a diatribe comes claims your confidence and your courage you're the most insecure person all of a sudden. You're distrusting, you're irritable, you are spiritually frustrated in everything you do. You feel like you're spinning your wheels and not realize you're taking ground. You feel like you're burnt out. Pastor Chris, I'm so dry. Well, my Bible, you know, my Bible says he's a consuming fire and fire burns better in dry places anyways. We might as well just get you in the heat of his presence because I promise you dry places are good places too. I mean, we've, we've had people now, we have a generation that, that they know more Maverick City and, and, and Bethel and Hillsong than Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and then we're wondering, like, why am I having to take all these pills? Oh, y'all don't want to hear me tonight. Hey, I just left California, not because I wanted to, because God repositioned me, and I am watching an entire generation literally be assaulted right in front of us, and nobody's praying. I'm not saying we need to post about it. I'm saying we need to pray about it. My goodness, if we prayed, if you prayed as much as you posted, we'd actually change some things, baby. Guard your source. I'm watching people be satisfied with second-hand revelation. Not first-hand revelation. You, you, first, let me, in the garden, let me just remind you, who'd the devil come for? The one with first-hand revelation or second-hand revelation? 
Because when God spoke it to Adam, it was firsthand revelation. Then when he carried it to Eve and told his wife, it was now secondhand revelation. And so the enemy recognizing that he could actually get in through secondhand revelation literally steals the attention of the one that was created by God. And he comes and literally deceives the secondhand revelation. And we wonder why we don't get enough out of Sunday sermons or we don't get enough out of podcasts. And we got a whole generation living off of YouTube and 60 second clips and TikTok. And I want to be real, but the truth is you are living off a secondhand revelation. We need people, not just young people. I am watching people who come to faith and then go to that church and they come here in the morning, they go to that and they are literally living off a secondhand revelation. Ask them the last time they led somebody to Jesus. Ask them the last time they cast out a devil. Ask them the last time they prophesied in Walmart. Because baby, if you can't prophesy in Target like you do here, it's not real. I'm helping you out. Guard! Guard your source. We, We didn't come here to get awake. We came here to stay awake. We didn't come here to, okay, we got our spiritual goosebump. We got our tickle. We got lights on us. I, you know, everywhere I go, I feel like a piece of chicken at Popeye's. So many lights on me. I'm getting a tan. I'm already Hispanic. I'm Mexican for crying out loud. When we got the smoke with the fake Shekinah coming off the sides. I mean, we got it all. But if you need all of this to encounter him, it's not real. It's not real. You're missing the point. You wasted a lot of money. You wasted a lot of time. You wasted a lot of But let it be said that tonight, there were hungry ones in the building who were totally guarding their source and plugging into more and making room for the new. Where are the hungry ones tonight? Where are the thirsty ones tonight? Not the ones who need a good preach. The ones who need an encounter with God. Where are the distinguished ones tonight? The ones tonight the pioneers the ruined ones you need guard your source so here's Daniel Daniel hears that the writing is signed the decree it's law it cannot be reversed it's law Daniel doesn't go and post about it Daniel doesn't get there like can you guys believe what they just did I don't, I don't, I just, I, you know what? I need a moment. I, I need a moment. I need a moment. Where's my fidget spinner? I don't, something. I don't even know if those are still cool. <laughs> Somebody's going to email me. I know it. I'll be like, you're touching my business. You can send an email to I don't care at ChrisStraw.tv. But I, <laughs> I, it's interesting, Daniel doesn't go home and panic. Papa Prozac, lay on the fetal position, breathing through a paper bag. He does not do any of that. What does Daniel do? Daniel goes to the top floor of his house. This man is from the hood, all right? This guy opens all the windows, literally, and then doesn't just pray once, not twice, but thrice, three times. This guy, and he prays, and if I know Daniel like I know Daniel, Daniel's praying loud, oh God of heaven and earth. I mean, Daniel's, he's smooth with it, but he loud with it. Oh God, the one who truly reigns. I mean, I like Daniel's going, so now they seize him, right? 
They bring him before the king. The king's grieved. Like, this is my best guy. And now by law, I have to throw this guy in the lion's den. Now, I have seen a lot of movies. I love, I, people hate on Christian, I love Christian movies. They're like, they're so cheesy. It doesn't matter. It moves me. I'm telling courageous, we love courageous. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm telling all, war room, I love them all, all, I'm like, give it to, give it to me. I, I like it all, it don't matter how cheesy it is, I'm like, oh, it feeds me, yes. But I, 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 I think sometimes people mischaracterize Daniel. Like they always look at Daniel, and, and, and they show Daniel, and he's like scared to go in, and they're like trying to push him in, he's like, no, no fam, no, 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 right? They're trying to put, they're trying to push him in, right? Daniel came, Daniel's fighting back. That's not how I see Daniel. This man went to the top floor of his house, opened all the windows. Oh God of heaven, I wish they would throw me in this lion's den. I'm telling you, that's the Daniel I know. I'm telling you, Daniel was in, they were trying to push him in. Daniel was like, get your hands off, touch me again, see what happened. Touch, I'm gonna punch you in the throat. In Jesus' name, but, right? They're trying to, he don't, they don't even have to push him in. He opens the door himself, I open the door. Lion's in there, rah, roar. <laughs> like the song, right, anyways, right? Roar, right? He opens the door, lions are roaring. Hey, shut your mouth. It been a long 30 days. I'm over here tired. Get out, kicking the cat, get out the way. Get out the way. I'm going to tell you right now who runs this in here. This is about Big D from the block. I'm going to get some sleep. Someone give me a sandwich. That's how I know Daniel. I don't know about anybody else. I'm not the strongest theologian in the room, but I know God well enough to know what he turns you into. Because Daniel knew what Jesus knew. What Moses knew. I mean, Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, how will we be different? David said, after he fell in sin, don't hold your presence, your spirit back from me. Jesus said, it's it's my food to do your will. I'm telling you, the devil makes the same mistake because he tries to throw a giant at David, not realizing David is really the giant. He tries to throw three Hebrew children in the fire, not realizing they're already on fire. He tried to throw Daniel into a lion's den, not realizing he brought a bigger lion in there with him called the Lion of Judah. He tried to bury Jesus, but you can't have a funeral for who's alive and well today. Where are the distinguished ones at tonight? I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.